Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be Hog Sameach. That means... Happy Holidays, or if you want to do it the redneck way, Hog Sameach. Just do Hog Sameach. It means Happy Holiday, and we're in the Feast of Tabernacles right now. But what is it? There's a lot of Christians don't know. How many churches on the way over here did you see on their sign said, Happy Sukkot? Probably none of them. Or Feast of Tabernacles. Let's make it sound a little more Gentilish. Probably none of them. What does Tabernacle mean? I'm going to go into the Word of God to start with what tabernacle means in John 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And you skip to verse 14. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, that word dwelt or dwelled in your books may say that word is the word tabernacle, dwell. So what does tabernacle mean? It means to dwell. So you could say that the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. So do you remember the Old Testament tabernacle that we studied about, that tent that was out in the desert? It was, kind of, it was a big area. It had an outer middle and a very center The tabernacle in David, Moses' day, that was also known as the dwelling because it means the same thing, the tabernacle, the dwelling, because God's presence, it rested on top of the Ark of the Covenant right there in the center of the Holy of Holies that he dwelled there. So tabernacle means dwell. And then when you get to the book of John, the word of God came as flesh as a man who is Jesus Christ and dwelled among us. Matthew 1.23 it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Jesus' very name means to dwell with us. It means tabernacle, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Jesus, if you want to call it. It all means to dwell with. Jesus is all in this. If Jesus is your Lord, then it means everything about dwell. It means tabernacle, God dwell with us. Friends, the Lord God wants to dwell with his people, and that's why he sent Jesus Christ. You know, guys, just just knowing that God wants to dwell with a messed up guy like me, I'm telling you, guys, that gives me a reason to celebrate. And the Feast of Tabernacles is God's holiday that he gave us to specifically celebrate the fact that God wants to be with us. That's exciting. God wants to dwell with us. And so that holiday is called the Feast of Tabernacles, which is also known as the Feast of Booths, because a booth is the same thing as a tent, just like that old tabernacle was back in the Old Testament days. It was a big tent. And so sukkah is the Hebrew word for tent. 
Sukkah. I'm throwing a lot of words at you today. I know. Feast of Tabernacles. A Sukkah is a tent because it's on Sukkot. Sukkot, Sukkah sounds the same, right? Sukkah is a tent. And so we're in the holiday of Sukkot. You could call it Sukkot if you want to. The Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. So Sukkot, it's a holiday that the Lord told the Israelites to celebrate for all the provision and the protection that God had given them. Remember when he dwelled with them in the desert for 40 years, they were wandering all over the the desert after they got out of Egypt. So during that 40 years, they couldn't build permanent houses. They couldn't stack bricks up and say, I'm just going to stay right here because they were constantly moving around. So they couldn't build permanent homes. So they had to live in sukkahs. They had to live in tents that was permanent, uh, temporary. They could pick it up, move it. So they were always on the move. They were cut off from the land of Egypt where the Nile was at, where all the shipping came in and all the great stuff. They had to totally trust in God. We're going out in the middle of the desert, in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I guess we're going to have to trust God's going to give us everything we need. And he did. He gave them manna. He gave them everything. But they had to live in temporary dwellings. Deuteronomy 16 and 13, you shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days. When you have gathered from your threshing floor and from your wine press, and you shall rejoice in your feast. In other words, be happy, guys. Guys, let me pause a second. The Lord God wants to dwell with you. Be happy about it, okay? I'm excited that God wants to dwell with me. So he says, you shall rejoice in the feast and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant and the Levite, the stranger... All Gentiles, underline that right there. That's you, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands so that you shall surely rejoice. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. Interesting how he said, you celebrate it where I tell you, because that's where I provide. How many of you hate where you're at right now? I wish I was somewhere else, anywhere but here. Hey, be careful. This may be where the Lord God is blessing you. you, That bigger job with the gigantic pay down the road that you'd rather have, that might not be where the Lord provides for you right now, okay? So this place, uh, this this feast took place during the fall harvest. It's pretty much the time we're in right now because we're right up against fall. So after the, the Israelites made it to the promised land, they were supposed to build permanent homes for themselves when they got to Israel, but they're not there yet. They're lost in the desert. So they were able to, they had to build temporary homes. They couldn't build permanent right now. Every year, the Lord told them to live for one week in a temporary tabernacle tent after, even after they got in the land, and they still do it today. Uh, Like I said, in Israel right now, even though they have high-rise apartments, they still set out these temporary tents to remember what it was like when they were taken out of Egypt. It's a good reminder for that, okay? So every year, I want you to spend a week in a temporary tent, and you need to make it out of branches and leaves. And this was their reminder to think back how the Lord God was always with them, how he brought them out of bondage. Friends, I have to remember often 
how the Lord God brought me out of the bondage of sin. It's good to be reminded of that. So also he provided for them the entire way. Again, when you, it's kind of like when they got out of Egypt and we're going into the desert, how are we supposed to eat? What are we going to get by with? Let the Lord deal with that, okay? A lot of people, when I talk to them about giving their life to the Lord, it scares them. Well, I'm leaving the only life I ever knew. Where am I going? Trust in the Lord for that. He will provide. He will, he will make it happen. So he took them from bondage, provided all the way. Now, notice in verse 14, it says, you shall rejoice in this feast. Why, why do you think it was commanded for them to rejoice? Why did God have to tell the people? To rejoice. I'm, I'm just trying to make this point stick. Why do I have to get in your face and say, be happy? <laughs> it sounds funny when I dramatize it like that. But why do you have to tell them? Because when the Israelites were lost out in the wilderness, they didn't like where they were. Who wants to go off in the desert for 40 years? Raise your hand. I don't like it out here. Remember, there's a bunch of them. They wanted to run back to Egypt. Again, they would rather be stuck in Egypt as slaves than be free and lost in the desert. So a lot of people would rather run back to their old life of sin than follow God and not know where they're going. So God had to tell them, guys, I know you're out in the middle of whatever and you don't see where I'm taking you, but be happy. (laughs) God being with them, they really weren't lost, were they? So it was God's will for them to be happy over the fact that they were no longer slaves. They were set free. Christian, if you give your life to Jesus, be happy. Let the joy of the Lord take over. Well, I don't know where he's taking me. Hey, that's okay. Trust in him. You'll get there. Just be happy on the way. Enjoy the ride, right? Oftentimes, we forget about our tabernacle, this temporary dwelling that I live in right now. We forget that the Lord God dwells in us. Holy Spirit indwelling I have right here in this temporary, falling apart, back hurting, headache, I couldn't keep up with the notes today, whatever, this faulted body I live in that's tainted with sin, God indwells in this very temporary dwelling. One day this body is going to lay down and it's never going to get up again. It's very temporary, but God dwells in me and he's taken me somewhere. It's great. So by dwelling in a sukkah tent... He told the Israelites, I want you to get in a sukkah tent, very temporary, branches and leaves, wouldn't take much of a wind to blow it over. The Israelites would be reminded that this time of hardship, it's not permanent. This is temporary. Guys, I know this world is a cotton-picking mess. It is a mess. And if you think about what's going on out there too long, it'll really mess with your head. But be glad. Be glad, not in the world, be glad in Messiah Jesus. The Lord Jesus dwells with us, and everything you see, everything you're contending with, all the money in your bank account, your car that's always breaking down, the house that foundation's settling and cracks in the wall, and all these crazy things that's just burning you up, all of that is temporary. And it's not going to be here for much longer. Neither are we. God has something much better ahead. So. He said, rejoice in this feast, okay? In fact, God wants us to be appreciative, as he says in verse 16, he says, you shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. means you got to bring something. Bring a gift offering. Show your appreciation for the Lord's provision after he set them free from slavery. 
In fact, uh, Jews today are bringing right now what's called a, um, a wave offering. They're probably around the wall right now, the, the Wailing Wall. They bring a, um, it's called a lulav and an etrog. Uh, one is a long uh, leaf and one is a fruit, like a, like a big lemon-looking thing, and they hold these and they wave them. It's a sign of their provision. It's the produce that the Lord God has taken care of them out there, and they're, they're waving it. Thank you for taking care of us. It's called a wave offering. Now, if you're thinking, though, still, okay, I'm a, I'm a Gentile. I ain't never grabbed a, a lemon and a leaf and waved it in the air before. This is weird stuff to me. I, I know. Okay, but I'm trying to explain it. And it, by the way, this is a Gentile telling you about this stuff. I didn't call a rabbi to come set in for me today. I'm doing the best I can, okay? <laughs> but if you're thinking I'm a Gentile and this whole Sukkot thing is Jewish, and I'm not a Jew. I've had people leave this church before mad going, that Pastor Ray was trying to turn me into a Jew. I'm not trying to turn you into a Jew. Just trying to remind you the, where the root of our faith comes from. You know your Messiah, Jesus, is a Jew? Okay. Well, I hate the Jews. I've heard people tell me that. People saying they're a Christian, saying they hate the Jews. I said, then you hate your Messiah. You can't be his if you hate the Jews. I want you to look at verse 14. This whole Sukkot thing looks very Jewish. Look at verse 14. It lists who shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles along with the stranger. Now, I really notice things like that, especially when I'm in the pages, I take notice. The stranger. The stranger is Gentiles. It is non-Jews. If you are not Jewish, this is you in the page. God says you, even you Gentile strangers, are to take, are to, uh, take part of this feast. Guys, just talking about me when I see this. I'm a Gentile, and I'm excited that God even gives us Gentiles, the foreign stranger, the same invitation that he gives the Jews. It says the stranger, it says the fatherless, and the widow who is within your gates. Guys, everybody is welcome. God invites us all. So guess what, Gentiles? The Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, is for you. And not only is this an invitation, but I want to point out the fact that this feast is a command. <laughs> You're invited, but you were told to do it. Look at verse 13. It says, you shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles. So friends, what I'm asking here is, do you think that we should partake of Sukkot or not? Do you think we should celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles or not? I think we should. God commanded it. He says, you shall do it. So I think we should do it. Think of it. If you refuse to partake of this feast, then you're basically refusing to be happy. You're refusing to celebrate the fact that God saved you and wants to be with you. Where's your joy? This is your salvation, friends, that's in this. Leviticus 23, verse 33, the Feast of Tabernacles. Here's where it came in. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation. And you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. 
to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything on its day, besides the Sabbaths of the Lord, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, and besides all your freewill offerings which you give to the Lord. Also on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day there shall be a Sabbath rest, and on the eighth day a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it. See, there's a command again. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths. What is another word for booth? A sukkah, okay? You shall dwell in booths, sukkahs, for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feast to the Lord. Okay, I just love it when God gives orders and instructions and he ends it with, I am the Lord your God. It's kind of like, get in there and clean up your room. I'm your father. <laughs> you know, He's basically saying, I said it, so do it. So the Israelites were to take fruit from beautiful trees, palm branches, leafy stuff, and rejoice in the Lord. All of this leafy vegetation represents God's provision, all the things that he had given them, right? So we have to consider the fact that Israel was lost in the desert at this time, out in the desert. Go get a bunch of leafy stuff. Dude, I'm in the desert. You hear this? (laughs) I've been out in the deserts of Israel, and you're looking around, you're not finding anything. That's why he said, you go where I tell you to go. It'll be there. But this means, though, in the desert, they had to go out and find this leafy stuff, these veggie things in the desert. I, it just kind of hit me. I remember when I was driving through uh, Israel with, with a friend of mine one time, and I remember thinking, what if I had to find leafy stuff out here? And I'm looking, and there's nothing. And I'm like, well, if God told me I want you to go two miles that way, there's probably going to be vegetation where he told me to go because he had it ahead of you. Friends, I know you're going where you can't see what he's doing. What's going on? Why go that way? That makes no sense. In the desert, come on. God wants you to know he's going to have the provision there before you get there. Just go where he tells you, okay? Guys, this was a pretty much a test of obedience to see if they were going to do it, if they were going to trust in the Lord's provision or not. I want you to go find fruity, leafy, veggie things in the desert. So imagine you go out and look, and you find some. <laughs> it's like... Hey, this God thing's real. He's trying to show us he's real. Would that not make you rejoice to the Lord? Guys, I just found a bunch of leafy vegetable stuff in the desert. Where? Right over there. (laughs) We would have never thought that to be out here. Well, God told us to be here, and he told us to go get it. So there it is. Guys, can we not get this concept? Ray, I want you to move from your job that you had for 20 years, and I want you to go be a minister. 
a minister. Oh, like in a big church with a big, big budget that they're going to hire me and pay me well? Nope, you're going to start a brand new one. A brand new church plant with no budget, no nothing. Yep, that's what you're going to start. How am I I supposed to? I'll take care of that. Don't worry. I I mean, I'm relating to this, and you can trust in the Lord too. Would that not make you rejoice to the Lord when you got out there and actually found it? Again, I left my career, go plant a new church, and I'm standing in in front of a bunch of produce right now, a whole room full of y'all. And actually, we got a lot of people in here today. I'm rejoicing just in that. It actually made me play better today when I saw y'all coming in. <laughs> Even if I missed a note or two, if you couldn't tell, that was because I was excited you showed up. But I've got, here's the vegetation. Here's the leafy, fruity, I didn't call you fruity. Here's all the leafy produce that the Lord God has given me, okay? <laughs> it's something to celebrate. And I know it looks impossible in this world right now. It wasn't impossible when God told them where, where to go, where they thought it was impossible. I know it looks impossible. But friends, when God tells you to do something, he provides, and when you obey, you'll find it. So they were going to learn to trust God's provision from going and finding all this leafy stuff in a desert. And so why were they supposed to keep the feast, though, besides the fact that the Lord simply said so? Well, there's a point to all this, and it's in verse 41. He said, it shall be a statute forever in your generations. Okay, it never had an expiration date. It was to go on and on. And then in verse 43, so that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This is their reminder. God got us out of Egypt. He set us free. He gave us our own promised land to live in. And every time they did this holiday, it would remind the children and even the adults that may have forgotten, hey, the Lord provided for us the whole time. He took care of everything. So we have these reminders so that we don't forget. It's kind of like the same reason why we have Memorial Day in America once a year to be reminded of what our military men and women have done for us so that we will not forget. It's very important to have this. So I want you to know that Israel still keeps the feast today because they're keeping it forever, just like God commanded them. We Christian Gentiles, we have gotten so distant. We have gotten so far away from who the true God of Israel is. We have almost no clue who he is anymore. We have that Jesus is good, believe in Jesus, you're saved, do good things, be nice, forgive. But we lost the Jewishness, whole character of God, and we need to rediscover it again. But sadly, there actually did come a time when even Israel forgot about Sukkot. Israel fell off into sin. They worshiped false gods, and the Lord used Babylon as an instrument of judgment against them and dragged them off for 70 years of exile. But then in 537 BC, there was a king who was King Cyrus of Persia. He allowed them, the Israelites, to go back to their land and rebuild Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Now, you can read about this in the book of Haggai and Nehemiah, about when they returned and rebuilt. Now, after the Israelites got back to their land, they asked Ezra, would you please come out and read God's word to us? We have forgotten who he is. We're so disconnected. We need you to read to us so we can find out who God is. And this is so amazing that while they were hearing God's word read to them, it says they found the Feast of Tabernacles again.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.